Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, with my main man, Grayson Boone. And we are going to be talking to you today about a, a position group that I've been waiting to get into in the tight ends. And one of our leading rushers from last year, a guy that was wildly impactful while he was healthy, has announced his departure from the program. We're going to talk about Demi Sumo leaving and what the tight end room should look like and all of these things and more on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. Grace, are you ready to get into it? I'm ready. I'm sad that Shark Week is over in Raleigh, but on to new beginnings. Hey, we're going to talk about the impact of the loss of old Sharko, and we're going to talk about what this tight end room is going to look like. So stick around for today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. You are Locked on NC State. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Thanks for showing up to yet again another episode Locked on Wolfpack. As Kenton just mentioned, uh, we're going to be getting into the, the tight end room. That's going to be our main positional breakdown for this episode as we continue on and touch on the main uh, position rooms as we get closer and closer to summer and then subsequently the fall. We've already talked about the quarterbacks. We talked about the running backs. So if you did miss those episodes, feel free to go back and find those as we continue on. And we're going to be talking about the tight ends today. But first, we are going to talk about our most recent departure with the football team as our beloved Sharko, uh, a.k.a. Demi Sumo, Running back uh, has decided to enter the transfer portal. This news broke on, I believe it was Friday. Uh, shocked a lot of folks, uh, myself included, although I had been hearing some potential rumblings of this over the last couple months. But I was sad to see this formalize um, on Friday. Uh, Demi was some of the most exciting moments uh, of our lackluster offense last season in Raleigh. Provided a lot of hope. Uh, in the running back position as we've kind of, you know, we've had some bright spots. We've had some low spots uh, out of our running back room over the last couple of years. And the uncertainty, I think, that surrounded the position last year after the departure of Bam Knight and Ricky Person, we're kind of looking around on who's going to be the next guy. And we had Demi Sumo emerge kind of uh, off the practice squad uh, with the amount of buzz that he was generating in the off seasons. And he showed why he was generating that buzz uh, in early summer practices and fall practices um, as he was electric in, in several moments on the field. But the downfall to Demi was just his, his health overall. He just couldn't stay on the field long enough to be as effective as we would have liked him to be. So this is uh this is disappointing in a sense where we, I think it's going to feel like we're missing out on his maximum potential. And that's, that's a tough pill to swallow, but Kenton, what are your thoughts, uh, your early thoughts on the departure of Demi Sumo? You know, it's it's tough to gauge because while I don't think that the team is like, oh, they're they're going to be lost and, and he was the running game and all that, I mean, realistically, he wasn't, you know? Like, he was a really, really good player, and I think that he was primed to come into this year and be one of the lead uh, bell cows in terms of, of toting the rock, but I mean, it's it's tough for me to say, like, hey, 
this offense is is not going to be the same um, when realistically that's the goal. That's the goal. And it takes a tool out of Robert and I's toolkit, which you hate to see. You know, that's really unfortunate. What he could have been here with two more years in, in Thunder Strength and Conditioning Program and getting better and all that good stuff would have been in quite a time to see. But we wish the best wherever he goes. And I, I hope that he is healthier wherever he goes because, I mean, we all know the rule, right? You you can't make the club from the tub. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's a sad thing to see. I'm not quite understanding it, but I'm not. I hadn't heard anything in terms of like the exact reasoning. So, you know, it is what it is. This is a a impactful loss. I'm not going to say that. Oh, this is nothing. Like this is basically a guy who never touched the fit. No, it's not not that type of deal. It means something, but it doesn't mean everything. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting from a a depth chart perspective um you know not not just in you know coming into this 2023 season but even last year like i mentioned there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding who was going to be getting the bulk of the carries and while it turned out to be jordan houston uh, i wouldn't say it was because that was maybe the the design plan after the first couple weeks is we saw demi kind of rise up to you know a kind of an equal running back one position with houston uh, after the ECU game, I believe it was. And, you know, uh, Demi had a was a bit of a breakout performance. Uh, this picture you see on the screen here from the Texas Tech game, he had two touchdowns, and you felt like he probably could have gone for at least three more uh, with the amount of tackles he was breaking. He was very nearly could have rushed and caught a couple more touchdowns than he had. But, you know, as, as exciting as a player as he was, I still think that we have so much left uh, I guess behind him in the running back room, like we mentioned in our running back episode uh, that we talked about just a, a you know a couple shows ago, and you know the the potential we have in Michael Allen coming up, and we we hope that he can be a main fixture in the offense this year. Um, you know Kendrick Raphael, the exciting signing, uh, I guess the running back we stole perhaps from uh, from Iowa, a lot of potential there. But you know something interesting I've heard, um, kind of. I guess rumors thus far and how Robert and I is going to utilize his offense in that he doesn't, he doesn't quite emphasize like true running backs in a sense. He likes to get creative, maybe wide receivers in the backfield, kind of like a Debo Samuel uh, type idea. So yes, it is a significant loss in that he was one of our main fixtures in the backfield, but I think we have so much talent behind him. And we have a, we're still a lot to figure out in the direction of the offense under Anai that I don't think it's a it's a crushing blow with all due respect to Demi, um, but it is you know like you said it's a loss nonetheless. And I, I think that this is this is kind of the benefit of having a guy like Anai who when he when they were at Virginia when he and uh, when he and Brendan Armstrong were at Virginia. They didn't have a dynamic running back, so they used the wide receivers a lot in the That's running right. game. There was a lot of pop passes, all that good stuff. But when they did, when he did have a dynamic running back, when Tucker was that guy, he showed up and showed out. He made sure that Tucker was heavily emphasized in the game plan. Sean Tucker is the Tucker I'm referring to. It was emphasized in the game plan because that's what it allowed for. And Demi being gone, again, you don't want to see it. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm excited to see him uh, leave 
may may the door hit them where the good Lord split them. No, 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 not one of those situations. It's it's just one where it's like sad to see a tool go because at the end of the day, if he was going to ball out, have a great season, have a do all the things, then that just adds in to what a night could have done, and that adds into the potential of okay, not only can we use uh, Demi in a lot of ways, but also we can keep fresh legs in. It makes it easier to keep fresh legs in because you have proven ball carriers, guys that you know can do what they need to do, guys that you are, are proven commodities come game time when live bullets are flying per se, um, who who can do it. But, you know, it is what it is. It's the new nature of college football. It's the new nature of college sports. It happens. Yeah, something I've said on here before with Robert and I is I think he gets the absolute most out of the personnel that he has. And so I think, you know, even despite Demi's departure here, I think we're going to be okay is what I'm trying to say here. I think, I think we're going to be okay with, you know, Jordan Houston out of the backfield, Michael Allen out of the backfield. If we do end up seeing, uh, you know, a young player like a Kendrick Raphael out of the, out of the backfield, I think we're going to be okay uh, in terms of what Robert and I is, you know, able to pull a rabbit out of his hat per se. But, you know, despite all of that, um, I I do wish Demi the absolute best. Uh, I think wherever he lands, I'm going to make a Jaws joke. I hope they have a bigger boat. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I definitely get that. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're hope, you hope for this young man to have success wherever he goes. And I just hope that he doesn't uh, that he doesn't stay in conference. And that's that's something that I'm, you know, giving this young man a lot of respect and whatnot. And I'm, I'm betting on he goes out of conference just for my personal sake and my my care for old Sharko. But anyway, if you're a better head on over to FanDuel Sportsbook, folks, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Because right now, if you are a new customer, you can get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets back in. I'm sorry. That's $1,000 in bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, trust me, folks, it is so easy to love. It is so easy to get into. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, and so now getting into our main discussion, which is the, the I guess, the tight end depth chart. Before we start, I do think that this is a super interesting position to discuss because I think at NC State, we haven't been traditional in our uses of the tight end position uh, outside of Kerry Angeline uh, a couple years ago with Devin Leary uh, hitting him for several passes for touchdowns. But outside of Kerry, I, I wouldn't consider us to be traditional in what we've looked like with the tight end. We even had, you know, Jalen Samuels lighting up at tight end, which is always fascinating in the years that he spent here. But I think a lot of these guys kind of speak to the uniqueness um, that we're going to discuss here of the position that we have. Um, and we'll get right into it now. But the first guy I want to talk about is well, Christopher Tootle. Well, I, I want to talk to about the, what you said there in that the uniqueness in the tight end position. I mean, there are two different types of tight ends, even in today's game, right? 
when we talk about the uniqueness, you generally think about H-backs. Um, and what's the difference between an H-back and a traditional Y? When you think of a traditional Y, you think of Rob Gronkowski. You think of Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. You think of big, sturdy, inline blockers that, you know, they'll, they'll go out and do their thing in, in receiving as well. But you think of the traditional hand-in-the-dirt blockers uh, type of guy. When you think about the H-back situation, that's a lot more of the the uh, J. Sam situation that you were talking about. And you find creative ways to get him the ball. You kind of get it to him on jet sweep. You find ways to, to, to do all these things. And, and so I think that our usage of the tight end, Kerry Angelon in particular, as big as he is, I don't think he was attached to the line enough and did enough blocking to be considered a traditional Y. So I, I think that the H-back is just kind of the evolution of tight ends in college football. But we we tend to utilize ours well when we have really good ones. It's, yeah, so sorry to jump ahead here. But, yeah, I think oh, no, no. it's going to be interesting with Anai, too, because of the, the amount of things he can pull off within an offense with, you know, switching guys in and out of the backfield. You might see Absolutely. some wide receivers back there. You might even see some tight ends because of the guys that we have that are quote unquote tight ends uh, here uh, in the Wolfpack uniform. But Christopher Tootle is a good example of this because he's listed as a wide receiver, which I think is interesting. But we typically use him, you know, prototypically as a tight end type guy. Um, but he's the type of athlete where you could very well see him in the backfield for specific plays and. And it would be able to work because of the the type of athlete that he is. He finds space well. He's a, he's a pretty adequate blocker from what I've seen. Um, but I, I'm excited about his his ability to create space for himself and then pull down the catch when it's you know when it's thrown his way. But I think a guy like Tootle could be a big time anchor. Um, you know, assuming it is Brennan Armstrong, we are still assuming, but he could be an anchor uh, for a guy like a Brennan Armstrong, and that could go a long way this year. The biggest improvement I want to see from Tootle is in the blocking department. I want to see him get better, not in terms of I need you mauling people and, and getting them up out of there like you're Michael Orr on the blind side driving a 30. No, 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 I don't need all of that. What we do need, however, is to, to trust this young man to sustain his blocks, to at least give the back enough time to uh, open up a hole potentially. But even if you can't do that, sell off your man and let your back get through the hole. Christopher Tootle has amazing concentration as a receiver. Amazing. Nothing short of amazing. Uh, the, the big catch against Maryland in the bowl game comes to mind. The defender, the ball goes right through his hands and, and slides into uh, Christopher Tootle's. But that play took amazing concentration because Tootle is sliding. He's going down um, on, and I believe he's sliding with, you know, it's almost like a baseball slide here. One leg tucked under him, one leg extended out. And the ball is redirecting in real time. And he just adjusts, makes the catch. Amazing concentration. That's the type of stuff he can do. He showed us with the four touchdowns, um, not last year, but the, the previous year before or the year before last. And he's shown us that he can be a capable and good receiver. I want to see the blocking meet that level or get close to that level. That would take his game to the next level for me. Yeah, for, for those of you that went to the stat sheet when we started mentioning Tootle here, I think what gets diluted down about his season last year is probably the injuries we had at quarterback and subsequently the inability to get the ball to him. So I wouldn't focus so much on that, but focus more so on what you saw out of him in 2021 because I think 
that'll be more of the guy you see here in 2023. Uh, moving forward, uh, our next guy is Sed Cibro. Um, This season, he's going to be wearing number 14 as opposed to the number 47 he has in the picture here. But Cibro is an interesting one to me because he didn't have a whole lot uh, of PT last year. But most notably, as you see here in this picture, uh, for those of us joining us on YouTube, the, the one touchdown catch he did have was at Clemson, and it was a momentous catch there before halftime uh, as NC State took the lead on the road in the big primetime game down at Clemson. You felt like that was a big-time momentum shift from someone you would have never expected uh, in said Zebro as he was just a freshman last year. But he's going to be a name to watch uh, in the mix, um, You know, not just naming dudes here, even though we kind of are doing that on the episode, but, um, you know, despite being, I guess the, the more targeted, uh, of the two twins as he has a twin brother named Fred, I think said will be kind of an auxiliary use. He won't see as many targets from, you know, or as many targets as a toodle, uh, or a Trent Penix who we're going to mention here in just a second, but he is a good depth option. I think he still will be on the field in pivotal moments, uh, able to make big plays when his number is called. Here's the very interesting thing about Zebro. Uh, he is the highest rated tight end on NC State's uh, roster, according to PFF from last year. Really? So, yeah, he is the, the highest rated in terms of uh, player grade last year on NC State's roster. But that's because Sid is a hellacious blocker. He is a <laughs> when he's on the field, you can trust him to execute what he needs to do in the blocking game. I'd like to see Zebro use more. I'd like to see um him kind of getting downfield more and, and see if he has the wheels and ability to to do good things in the passing game as well in the same way that you know when you saw him come into the game you generally thought of him as a blocker that's how he snuck wide open uh into the end zone on that on that uh play against Clemson because when you saw 47 come into the game you generally were thinking run it's a run it's they're probably going to be running behind him and then you know you just sneak him out for that little pop pass but I like said a lot. I love to see him use more in the passing game, but his blocking, his effort, his tenacity is, is good to see. Next guy here, I think he's kind of the the Swiss Army knife out of the tight end room, and of course that is Trent Penix. I say this because he's been used as a running back, he's been used as a wide receiver, he's been used as a tight end, and you got to think that Robert and I is thrilled at the idea, uh, you know, the flexibilities that a guy like Trent Penix possesses of course but this is all going to hinge on his health uh we've seen him miss quite a substantial amount of time these past two seasons um especially with the promise that he showed when he's healthy uh you know the the playmaking ability he possesses and you know sending it down the sideline uh you know both out of a a wheel route you can you know a swing swing route you name it he can do it i think that's what makes him a swiss army knife but what are your thoughts on Penix this upcoming season? Uh, so far, of all the players on the roster in this tight end group, he is by far the best with the ball in his hands. Absolutely. Hard to tackle. Hard to bring down. Hard, just, I mean, for most guys, you got to pick your poison because if you put a big guy, if you put a big linebacker on him, you're probably going to see somebody that's too slow. If you put a safety on him, if you put a corner on him, they're going to have a tough time getting him to the ground. With that being said, like you talked about, it's all about the health with Trent. It is all about the health. What do those shoulders look like? Because, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Um, 
the the shoulders kind of, kind of limiting him or holding him back. If he's help when he's healthy, when he's right, he's rolling. He's rolling. He's a dynamic playmaker. He is an X factor. And I know some people would be saying, well, Ken, you're, or some people would say that I'm taking that a little too far. I'm telling you this, with what I have seen from him, with another year in the position, another year of understanding the game, another year of understanding that position, because mind you, he came to NC State as a running back. With another year of him learning and understanding this position, learning and, and understanding, hey, this is what holes and zones look like. This is where you need to sit on that. This is how to get open. I am telling you, this man has the goods to be something special at the tight end position, especially with the way that Robert and I has used his tight ends in the past. And Trent was, you know, he was the guy I was maybe most thrilled about to get back coming into this year, you know, mainly because of his health problems. And I, I would like to see him be able to finish his collegiate career on the field, but this is a guy, I think at his peak, he can show you flashes of like a Jalen Samuels type play. Mm-hmm. And that's high praise because mm-hmm. of how coveted Jalen Samuels was uh, with his time here in Raleigh. But Trent Penix reminds me of that sort of player. You can stick him anywhere and he's going to make a play on the ball regardless. And so I think I'm, I'm, I'm anxious at the idea of what Trent Penix can do in this new offense and all these new things to try out with our new quarterbacks and just a lot to be, uh, you know, desired there. And I think Trent Penix is going to be an exciting guy to watch, but rounding out this tight end room, the new guy on the block, that is Javante also known as juice Vereen, friend of the program. Uh, Kenton has had him on here before. Hopefully we can have him back on here sometime uh, this upcoming summer, maybe uh, in the fall, but freshman, he's a big time, big time recruit for NC state. This, yeah. uh, this past recruiting cycle. Uh, he's been instrumental in recruiting other players here as well. That can go a long way in kind of building a recruiting class, but a lot of buzz surrounding juice coming out of high school. I saw repeatedly uh, coaches, you know, both on the team he played for, but teams he played against was, were consistently saying that that was the best player on the field. Bar none. He was the best athlete we saw out there tonight. And so, you know, of course, a lot of guys coming out of high school, they get similar praise, but not at the level that Juice was receiving it, you know, coming into college. But from everything I've heard, he's an elite playmaker, superior athlete. And I think it's interesting to point out that some consider him to be undersized at the tight end position. But I think that's kind of funny because the other guys, like a Trent Penix and a Christopher Tootle, are roughly the same size because Juice is 6'4, 210. I'm sure he's probably even bigger than that now, uh, hanging around Coach Thunder. But what a you know, you spent some time with Juice on here. What are your thoughts on Juice coming into his freshman season? The only bad thing that I will say about Juice Vereen is that he wanted to get an NIL deal with Juicy Juice and not Welch's. Brother, you <laughs> need better discernment in terms of which juice is superior. But with that being said, this young man is, I would like to say, the wild card of the group because I think. I and I've asked about him. I've asked, you know, I've asked some sources close to the team about him. I said, and this was by direct quote, which player is he more like? Uh a a you know, a Trent Penix kind of J Sam kind of situation, or are we looking at a Carrie Angeline? And the answer I got was, and I quote, both. I said, what? They said both. 
He is big and he has those long arms. He can find ways to catch the ball at some very awkward angles, but he is also a load to get on the ground when he has the ball in his hands. He is listed at 210, but he plays bigger than that. So the thing for Juice Vereen will be how quickly can he learn what needs to be learned? Because objectively speaking, the biggest curve for a lot of, of freshmen coming into college football, yes, the physical part is going to be part of it because you're going to be seeing grown men, DNs and whatnot that you have to get up out of there um, in terms of, of blocking. But even beyond that, you have to, you're going to have to process a playbook that has a ton of information in it. And so can we trust you to be where you're supposed to be, to run the right route, to understand if there's an option route, well, am I, is this man covered so I'm taking this out or is this uh, zone covered so I'm sitting it down? Those are the types of things that you wonder about with a true freshman. Thankfully, he's been here through spring ball, so he's kind of got a, a, the ability to see what that looks like a little bit against our defense, which has some hellacious safeties, has some safeties that are big time. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing his progression. I am very excited to see him suit up in the red and white because I have heard nothing but good things so far. I've heard that he's coming along well, that he's he's grasping the playbook well. I want to see what he looks like with, you know, more time with the playbook, with more time in the weight program, with more time getting bigger, stronger, faster, understanding the game. And potentially, if he plays a lot early, the game's slowing down for him. I'd love to see what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, despite maybe in the eyes of some being buried on the depth chart at this position uh, specifically, I'm going to be keeping my eyes peeled for number 11 on offense uh, this fall because I would certainly love to get Juice some run uh, in his, his early college career because the more experience for a player and an athlete like this, the better because you get him up to speed at the college level. He could be a special uh, playmaker here in Raleigh, especially with the uniqueness of this new offense we're trying to implement. But we'll be right back. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just saying, even if he doesn't play this year, that's fine too. I mean, this is a true freshman we're looking at here. So it'd be great. It'd be great to see him get on the field and do all these things. But even if he doesn't play, we'll be all right. We still got lots of years of juice left. Absolutely. <laughs> that was perfect. Lots of lots of years of juice left in the tank, but we're going to round this thing out in just a second after a quick word from our sponsors. All right. So rounding out our uh, tight end discussion here, as we continue on through our positional breakdowns, Kenton, what are your, what are your, you know, resounding thoughts out of the tight end position? What are you most excited to see from this tight end group moving into the, the new era of the Robert and I offense? I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to see how they're used, but I'm more so excited to see how have these young men grown out of last um, out of last season. Like objectively, all of the guys have marching orders going forward for what they needed to be better at, uh, except for, of course, Juice. He's a true freshman, whatever. That's that's the case there. But everybody else, you have clear orders for, hey, this is what you need to get better at. This is what you need to get better at. This is what what does this look like, right? What does it look like with, with Christopher Tudor taking another year of blocking and of understanding that, hey, 
I may be listed as a wide receiver, but darn it, if I put my hand in that dirt and I'm attached to the line of scrimmage or I'm attached to the offensive line, I got to find a way to dig guys out the hole. What does it look like when you're when you're talking about a said bro? and we're talking about, hey, man, we're going to need you to be a big contributor in the passing game. What does that look like for you? What do you how can we best help you uh, be a, a big time contributor in that way and all that good stuff? I'm excited to see what these guys look like after another year of understanding, hey, this is y'all were good last year. Not saying that y'all were a bad group at all. We understand uncertainty with the quarterback position and all that. Can you take it to the next level? Can you go from being just another position group on this team to being one of the leaders on this team? This group can be a table setting group uh, when, when it's all said and done, but a lot to still be seen, um, you know, coming out of the fall from practice and onto the gridiron here in the, in the, uh, the regular season in 2023. But Wolfpack fans, thank you again for coming out as always. Um, as I often say on here, toss us a like. Let us hear your comments on the tight ends coming up in this uh, exciting 2023 football season. Tell us who you think should be, I guess, tight end one, tight end two, and so on. What you're most excited to see out of the tight ends this coming season. We want to hear it all. So hop in them comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, Subscribe. Hit us with likes. Do it all. We're going to be interacting with you all just as much. Um, But again, as always, thank you for giving us a listen. And also, as always... Go Pack. Go Pack. You are Locked On NC State. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolf Pack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 